Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country. Sirius XM 80 and watch us on ESPN 2. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Good morning, everybody. Busy night. 14 games in the NBA last night. We got all kinds of drama around Michigan. We have maybe an NFC title game preview in the uh, Thursday night football game tonight between the Bears uh, uh, and the Bears. Uh, what year? Wait, Cece, what year would be the title game preview between the Bears and the Panthers? 2034? Uh, <laughs> I don't soon? know about that. Yeah, probably too soon. Probably too soon. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. We saw a bunch of games last night in the NBA. Uh, Victor Wembanyama made his debut on uh, the biggest stage in Madison Square Garden. And, uh, yeah, that didn't go as well for him. No. Uh, the Warriors and Nuggets had a great game where, um, unfortunately, the Warriors could not get up a shot at the end. Denver mm-hmm. continues their great play. But, CeCe, I know for you, Philly and Boston was a big one last night as the 76ers, with a tremendous win, 106-103 over the Celtics. Of course, they have won six games in a row, all without a beard. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. They're, they're playing at a different pace, a different level, and it's clear that James Harden being out and, and jettisoning him to the L.A. Clippers has – uh, improve the team chemistry and the on-court chemistry. And, and that's the thing that you want to see early on, whether or not Tyrese Maxey can take that next step as a star. I think we've got the answer to that question. Tyrese Maxey is playing at an all-star level. Tim Legler talked about it a little bit on SVP last night, just his playmaking ability. He's a blur out there on the court. And when your best is required, this guy is not shying away from the moment. He had 11 points in the fourth quarter last night. Him and Joel Embiid are the – Second pair of teammates in NBA history to average 25-5-5 through the first seven games. The only other pair to do that, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, 2018-2019. So that just lets you know you know, the, where this team is headed. A lot of people looked at this as a potential measuring stick game for the Sixers, and I think it's clear and obvious after last night's win that the Sixers are entering the chat as the third team in the Eastern Conference that's a legit contender. I think when you look at the East right now, one of the things that the Philadelphia 76ers should attempt to do, and I think they're trying to, is get the one seed. Because the thing about Milwaukee and Boston is I think we've seen enough from them where we don't need to see them have the one seed and get to a conference finals. But because Philadelphia with Joel Embiid has actually never been to the conference finals, you got to avoid at least one of them. Now, they've struggled against Miami in the playoffs as well, but you got to small as avoid one of Milwaukee or Boston. I think one of the themes here, with for me at least, with Philly is – do take the regular season seriously, which mm-hmm. so far they have. And I think that's really important for them because I don't know that they could beat both Milwaukee and Boston in the playoffs. And assuming that they get the one and then you put those two at two and three, you could avoid one of those two. 
Yeah, that should absolutely be the goal, but especially for a team that struggled in the playoffs. Don't you want to take the regular season as seriously as possible and put yourself in the best position possible? Yes. I mean, I don't know why that would even be a question. Well, because Boston doesn't need to do that. Milwaukee doesn't need to do that. Miami is different. Yeah, and Miami famously has not done that. We, we know they were in the play-in last year right. and got to the NBA Finals. There are some teams that are made. Golden State doesn't necessarily have to do that. Denver's going to do that by accident because they're so damn good. Yeah. But the Lakers, and I know this is a bad day to talk about the Lakers. No, but the Lakers, But the Lakers last year, same kind of thing because LeBron's been there and done that. It doesn't matter what seed he is. I think Philly, it kind of matters. Get the home court throughout if you can and avoid one of those two. Now, Joel Embiid postgame last night discussed why he believes his team has had so much success early on here. No one has a knee on this team. Um, you know, we, we got new guys, you know, we took them in, um, you know, we got them up to speed. Um, and, um, you know, I think guys, um, the fact that guys want to, you know, play with each other and, you know, they like being around each other, I think he helps a lot too. Nobody has an ego. Hmm. What do we think he's talking about specifically <laughs> on that one? I mean, a guy that actually was at his wedding over the summer, so we know he and Harden are friends, but... I, I got to assume Smalls, that's who he's talking about there. That's the only conclusion you can come to. And just because you're friends with someone doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge that they can have an ego. I mean, yeah. sure we're all friends with people that have an ego. But just because you're cool with someone on a personal level doesn't mean that they're the best person for your workplace environment. And I think that that's what we saw with James Harden. I mean, clearly this team has a different DNA without him there. And they're focusing on basketball. Now that this is all settled and he's out on the West Coast, they can focus on what, what actually matters and not have to worry about answering questions or worry about if, if he's going to come back, when he's going to come back, how are we going to work this in? So I think it's, it's really beneficial for the Sixers that this got worked out when it did. Yeah, he doesn't have to walk on eggshells. That, yeah. Like That's the biggest thing. You can't be the best version of yourself if you're you know, trying to operate around a temperamental teammate's feelings. And I think now that you have that veil lifted, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers can fully embrace who they are. Joel Embiid can fully embrace the mantra of the superstar on the team, the MVP. And then Tyrese Maxey can step into his own in terms of the guy that orchestrates everything on the offensive end. And to me, it's the direction that you want things to go in. I think an underrated or understated part of uh, the conversation around the Sixers is the addition of Nick Nurse, who is one of the best offensive tacticians in the entire NBA. So being able to have him, a proven commodity, a coach that's shown that he can win at a championship level, I think it's going to make a difference in terms of what the overall ceiling for the Sixers are going to be. And let's also keep in mind that the Sixers have a hell of a lot of assets in the way of tradable contracts and draft picks that they can use to acquire a player at the deadline in February. So this team is not as good as they're going to be. They are going to improve. Another aspect of this that I really like for the Sixers is being able to add a guy that's a bucket like Kelly Oubre. And I know he's put up big stats on bad teams, but it seems like that's a good fit for where this Sixers team is. On a night where Tobias Harris was a little bit off in terms of shooting the ball from the field, Kelly Oubre can pick up the slack. When you got a guy that can go off for 20 other than Maxi or Embiid, that's a good spot to be in if you're Nick Nurse in the Sixers team. So overall, there's a lot to like. And when you compare them to, you know, what's going on with the Boston Celtics, what's going on with the Milwaukee Bucks, this is a team that's going to be right there. Yeah, I think the Nick Nurse thing is really interesting, and it oddly triggers a thought about the NFL for me with Doug Peterson. 
Guys who win championships aren't usually available, mm-hmm. right? They usually stay with the team that they're with. Yeah. Nick Nurse became, and, and this is an odd thing, Doc Rivers became available and obviously is now with us on the ESPN side. But we saw coaches in the NBA this offseason that had won, Mike Budenholzer, right, with the Bucks. We saw coaches that won become available. Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy, <laughs> another one, right? That you rip it. I was going to say, you rarely see that. We just had 10 examples, so maybe you see that more than I realized. <laughs> or maybe of, right now. Yeah, it's, a trend. it's an interesting yeah. trend because one of the things is like, yeah, you could say to Joel Embiid, listen, for the second straight time, we brought in a guy that's won a championship. Doc won a championship, but Nick Nurse won a championship way more recently and feels more fresh in terms of winning a championship. And he's a phenomenal coach that just kind of his time ran out, so to speak, in, in Toronto. I don't think anybody in Toronto thought, oh, my God, this guy's so bad, we got to get rid of him. Same thing with Doug Peterson in Philly. These guys become available. It's an easy sell to your team. Like, he's done something you haven't done. Follow his lead. And I think that Nick Nurse to Joel Embiid is probably that right now. And obviously, they are a very good team. Well, I think the biggest impact that Nick Nurse is having is on Tyrese Maxey, more so than Embiid, because, I mean, you're talking about a guy in the fourth quarter that was 5 of 10 from the field and dropped 11 points. That's what you need from your primary ball handler. Can you close the show? Can you get buckets when we absolutely need you to? And off of high pick-and-roll situations, even when defenses try to build a wall, this guy finds a way to get into a, into the paint. He can play make, but he can also finish. And, and that's the part that you, you wanted to see once James Harden left. Could Maxie fill that void? And it's clear to me that he can do that and then some. So that's the part that got me excited about the Philadelphia 76ers is what Tyrese Maxey can become because we've heard about it for years on end about, hey, we love Tyrese Maxey. We're never going to trade this guy. It's an important piece to our future. Now you're seeing the fruition of that. Now you're seeing him actually realize that potential. And I think a big part of why that's happening is because Harden's gone, but also the arrival of Nick Nurse. Yeah, when – James Harden says, I am the system, you know, a lot revolves around him. So removing him from the equation does allow somebody like a Tyrese Maxey to have more space to bloom. Maxey can't play fast with James Harden on the court because James Harden refuses to play fast. All you got to do is look at the Clippers numbers before James Harden got there and after James Harden got there. I know it's only been two games, but their field goal percentage down, points per game is way down. Like, it's clear that Harden wants to play a certain way, and that might not be the best thing for – this this Ty, this Tyrese Maxey, clearly, but also what the Philadelphia 76ers want to do around Joel Embiid. Well, speaking of L.A., I mean, they did lose last night to Clippers, and I think that Ty Lue is going to basically want one of these two, Harden or Westbrook, to come to him and say, I'll, I'll come off the bench, because I think that's what's ultimately going to happen. Yeah. One of those two is going to come off the bench. But the other L.A. team, not ideal last night, CC's Lakers, they lose the Rockets 128-94 in LeBron postgame on what the heck happened to his team last night. I mean, we can't build cohesion if we don't have our, our, our unit. That's something we just we very depleted in the injury side. So we just couldn't get in the rhythm offensively, and they were shooting the ball extremely well. As these injuries have occurred over the first couple weeks, how can you continue to team build in a positive direction? Just show up to work, and uh, we got to go, and that's our goal is to go out and win. Well, uh, Dave McMenamin with LeBron, our very own uh, ESPN.com, of course, and ESPN Lakers and NBA reporter. That is a bad loss. You can't lose by 34 points when you're LeBron James, obviously. But at the same time, I actually am going to give him a pass. I agree with him. Like, you're without Anthony Davis. You're without Gabe Vincent. Like, that should be a win still. But they have asked too much already of LeBron this season. They, they despite adding, I thought, a lot of depth, they are incapable of winning without him as the best player on the floor. Unless Anthony Davis is the best player on the floor. 
but relying on Anthony Davis becomes the problem for them. Yeah, you miss so much defensively when AD is off the floor. And this was a game that everybody thought he would play in. He decided not to with the hip. I, I just, it's hard for me to trust this Lakers team. I mean, <laughs> they're not very good on the road. They're 0 for 5 on the season. And, you know, who's to say what's going to happen over the next couple that they still got on the road trip? But this is a situation now where they dig themselves into deep holes and they can't find a way to get out of them. You see it. It's the worst points differential in the first quarter through the first eight games in NBA history. That's not a good place to be in. And that's not what you would expect after how the playoffs ended last year being swept in the Western Conference Finals. Now, to Ab's point, you did add all of these other pieces. You added Christian Woods, who was a nothing burger in 22 minutes played. He He literally did not score for the field. Then you had Torian Prince. This is another veteran player that's supposed to step up and share some of the workload when it comes to uh, LeBron James and, and, and having to deal with life without Anthony Davis. The depth that they added and the young players that they thought would ascend, those things have not happened. And if they don't happen, if this team doesn't improve, if the young guys don't step up, if the veterans don't share some of the workload for LeBron on the offensive end, it's going to be more of the same and earlier than expected exit for the Lakers once we get to the postseason. I'm not there yet, but you have every right to say what you just said based on what they've done so far. I, I was not as high on Austin Reeves being a part of a big three going into the season. I thought he's probably a fourth best player on a title team, which he still ultimately may be. Let's not forget that the Lakers still do have tradable pieces come around the trade deadline, that this team, like the Sixers, may not be a finished product. The other kind of big note, in addition to the Nuggets beating the Warriors last night, uh, Wembenyama 14 points in 30 minutes uh, at New York against the Knicks. 126-105, Knicks win. Wembenyama was a minus 25 in his first game at the Garden. So um, the buildup and the hype around it is better than the actual production from Wembenyama. I think at times we all have to remind ourselves he's really young. It's his first time in the United States. It's his first time in the NBA. He's allowed to have clunkers. His team's young, too. (laughs) All across the board, really young. They have a really young... They don't have the Chris Paul, uh, Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry point guard guy that's been there for 20 years just helping them along. They're a very young team. And so you had 14 games last night. And by the way, one other note, CeCe mentioned the Lakers continuing on the road. They do have tomorrow night at the Suns, a game you'll see on ESPN. Not an easy matchup for the Lakers. Coming up, the Michigan quote-unquote scandal continues. What a title... Be tainted. We'll get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We keep waiting for the answers with what's going to happen in Michigan. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Here is the latest. Michigan has responded to the Big Ten notice of disciplinary action over allegations of sign-stealing off-campus scouting by Connor Stallions. This is from ESPN.com. Any potential discipline from the Big Ten is not expected until Thursday, meaning today, a source told ESPN. Any potential penalties by the Big Ten would most likely focus on Jim Harbaugh and not UM players, a source told ESPN. So that's important there. And a letter to the Big Ten has been signed by 11 Michigan State representatives warns the conference not to take any disciplinary measures against Michigan until the results of its own investigation or the NCAA's probe is announced. So that's the latest in terms of the news and notes. Paul Feinbaum was on Get Up yesterday, 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN with Greeny, and had this to say about what a Michigan title could look like. You don't want to rush to judgment, but I don't see how he can't rush to judgment. And based on the information that he's getting and the sources are indicating that he doesn't suspend Jim Harbaugh indefinitely. I know that we've, we've been through the machinations of the Big Ten policy, but that seems very likely. And, and without doing that, uh, everything that happens from here on with the University of Michigan is, Michigan is going to be tainted. And I think that's the real issue here for college football. There's so many other things going wrong with the sport. There's so many allegations being levied. But can you imagine, Greening, on January 8th, if, if, if Michigan wins the national championship, and Jim Harbaugh is given that trophy, I think the rest of the, the, the sports world is going to turn its nose in disgust. And that's a real issue here. And I think what, what Petiti has to do is, is take a page from Roger Goodell, like it or not, and, and take control of the situation because you can't obviously wait on the NCAA. We'll be waiting the rest of our lives for them to rule on this. Yeah, what Paul just said, guys, is what I said initially in terms of the commissioner's list, which I have since taken back based on our conversations, and I'm now on the on the side that CeCe, you brought up about the idea of you can't suspend in that gray area, and all signs are pointing towards maybe them suspending in the gray area, and the tainted aspect, what do we think, every college program is on the up and up for the last 30 years? Give me a break. Yeah, I don't buy into it, and especially after the reports that Michigan found evidence that Ohio State and Rutgers gave Purdue uh, Michigan signs ahead of the Big Ten championship game a couple of years ago. That that's not only sign stealing; that's collusion. Right. So I mean that that takes it to another level, which is why it's surprising that all of these Big Ten members, uh, at least privately, are applying so much pressure on Tony Petiti and the Big Ten conference to level some kind of disciplinary action without the NCAA concluding its investigation. Like we know that there were some things that were. That were oversteps. We know that rules were broken, but to the extent that Jim Harbaugh is aware of it, that's the part we don't know. And so you would think that you would want to do due diligence so you can get the disciplinary action right. You can make sure that the punishment fits the crime. But it feels like right now, those Big Ten coaches, those athletic programs, they just want their pound of flesh. And however they can knock down Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, they're willing to do so, even if it means to go into these lengths. Yeah, they don't want to practice patience. They don't need the investigation to be completed. They want him to face consequences now because they feel like they have enough evidence. But I think the Big Ten, the NCAA, does need to practice a little patience here. They need to make sure they get this right because this is something that could have big ripple effects moving forward but I'm surprised that both of you don't think a Michigan title would be tainted if they won a national championship you don't think that there will be some sort of an asterisk uh, against their name for the rest of time like everyone's always going to say that's the Connor Stallions year that's the Michigan investigation year that everyone's always going to talk about that I I do feel that way what I'm saying is and I should have been clear on this what I'm saying is 
It's college sports. It's a cesspool. The amount of rules that have been retroactively or have been broken historically, it's just enormous. I don't believe that I think it would be tainted. I believe the masses would believe it's tainted. The same way that people look at the Astros, the same way that they look at the Patriots. But the reality well, is, they don't it look happened. at the Patriots like that, though. That's you don't thing. think that people look at the well, Patriots? They'll always talk about Spygate and Deflategate, but, well, they, that's they, it. but yeah, that's it. But they still take Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, how is he the greatest quarterback of all time if he had to cheat in order to win? Like that's like that's the point. Like I, I don't I don't think it takes away from his greatness. When you ask people who's the greatest coach in the modern era of the NFL, everybody is unanimously going to say Bill Belichick. Why? Because he has six championships and across the two different dynasties. The one the one in the early two thousands and in the middle of the twenty tens. You're talking about having two huge scandals, whether it be Spygate or Deflategate, and nobody takes credit away from what they were able to accomplish. Nobody takes credit away from what Pete Carroll built in USC and all of the various violations that they had. Hell, they took away Reggie Bush's Heisman. Clearly everything wasn't on the up and up there, but people don't take credit away from USC winning those titles in the early 2000s. So even if Michigan wins a title under this cloud of suspicion, I don't think people... I don't think it takes away from what they accomplish. I don't think people will look at it as a situation where they don't deserve credit for winning a chip. I think everyone always associates the Patriots with cheating. And I think the situations are really different because the Patriots won multiple titles. This Jim Harbaugh and Michigan together would win one singular title because he's likely out of there after this, regardless. At least I think it's not going to be a long-term situation because I think this is going to continue to boil and boil and boil and he's going to be forced to make a decision or Michigan might be forced to make a decision for him at some point. But if this is the one title that he's won there, and it's tinged with all of these accusations, and then eventually there will be resolution to this. You don't think that they will forever be linked? I think we will always look at it as something that might not have been 100% on the up. No, I think it'll be a part of the story, but it won't be the headline. It'll be a footnote. Like, we talk about the Patriots dynasty. You cannot talk about the Patriots and not talk about Spygate. You can't talk about them without talking about the Flategate. But that doesn't take away from the greatness that people associate with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And similarly with Jim Harbaugh, if he wins a national title at the program where he established his name as a player, I mean, knowing that he comes from that legendary coaching tree with Bo Schembechler, if he's able to win a title at Michigan, that that changes everything in terms of not only how he's perceived as a coach, but how people perceive the program in the college football landscape. And I disagree. If he gets it done, if they get a title, I don't think Jim Harbaugh's going anywhere. He's going to be a made man. He's already going to be the highest paid coach in the Big Ten whenever all of this this uh, this scandal stuff settles down. Ward Manuel, their athletic director, can't wait to pay him. That was the report before this thing broke a couple of weeks ago. So I, I just I don't think that. Anything that falls out from the sign-stealing scandal, any type of discipline is going to impact how we view Michigan moving forward in terms of Jim Harbaugh's overall coaching greatness. I, I understand where you're coming from. I would just say as a Pats fan, any second away from the greatness of Belichick and Brady that focuses towards the story that has to be told, which I agree with you, on Spygate and Deflategate, is taking something away from them. So like on a scale of 0 to 100, if we're doing like a test in school, the Patriots may get a 98 Every year, 
but they don't have 100 because of the Deflategate and Spygate. Everybody else may be at a 90. They still may be ahead of everybody else. The moment we have to mention something else, right? With the Pittsburgh Steelers winning a title with Tomlin, we don't mention anything else, right? Andy Reid and Mahomes, we don't mention anything else. Unfortunately for the Pats or the Astros at Michigan, there will be something else that we will mention that takes a tiny bit away. And you could also say, even with taking something away, they're still better than everyone else, which New England has been. And I know you guys hate it because you hate the Astros, but the Astros have been for a five or six year period. Here. But here's the other part of the game, though. Like if there, if there's more tentacles to this, if it does in fact get proven that Ohio State and Rutgers and Purdue engaged in sharing signals that they stole from Michigan or other Big Ten schools, that's going to impact how we look at what Michigan is doing as well. Yeah, Mich- Michigan stepped over the line a little bit further than everybody else. But if this is more rampant, if this is more widespread. Like steroids, basically. It's like exactly. Everyone was doing exactly. It if everybody was doing it, well, ultimately we end up looking at what Michigan did as a bump in the road and not necessarily something that was material when it came to them being able to have success at the highest levels of the sport. We know steroids was rampant during that era in baseball. Do we not still associate McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, all those guys with steroids? Yes. Is everything they accomplished not tinged with the asterisk of what they were doing at the time, even though it was widely known that it was everyone was doing it at the time, or mostly everyone? So would a Michigan title be tainted? You guys can be a part of the conversation in the Unsportsmanlike Nation. Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Dr. Pepper, it's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Would a title be tainted with Michigan? We'll get to that coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Around the room quickly before we get to phone calls on this at 888-SAY-ESPN about the Michigan title being tainted. Do you think we're going to actually find out any kind of end result at any point here? Like today, tomorrow? Are we going to find out no suspension or suspension today or tomorrow, let's say, before the game on Saturday for Michigan? Well, based on all the reporting, it sounds like we're going to get something today. But to me, that's going to be the end of it. Like once it happens, whatever the findings are, I don't think are consequential to how people are going to perceive Michigan and Jim Harbaugh moving forward. I think that's just going to be the end of it. Whatever they find down the road is whatever they find. But – That's why I think it's such a slippery slope 
in doing something before you have a, a, a report from the NCAA, before you have conclusive evidence tying Jim Harbaugh to the actual wrongdoing from Connor Stallions in the whole scheme to steal signals. I, I just think it's it's premature, and it opens up the door to now establishing a precedent where you have to overreact if you're Tony Petiti to every allegation in the way of an indefinite suspension if enough of the member schools in the Big Ten react. And you know that you have 10-plus Michigan lawmakers ready to react to whatever your response to this is or whatever punishment you levy. So I know that when we looked at the timeline in the window, it would seem like right now would be the time if they were going to do something that maybe allows him to be freed up for the game and for the playoff, that it would happen now. But I also could really see them taking their time on this and waiting till after the season, which would not make other coaches in the Big Ten happy, but I could see it going down that way. John in North Carolina watching on ESPN2 with the title be tainted yes or no for Michigan what's up John hey what's going on man love the show watch every morning thank you I believe that the title for sure would be tainted um it's just it would always be an asterisk or something looming over that um also as far as the process I mean if you look at some of our judicial processes as far as police officers you see them get suspended all the time prior to the final result or conclusive evidence has been fulfilled so I believe a suspension or something should be given at this point. And I, I like listen. It's hard to compare this to real life, and I always try to do that. But this is like police officer is like a real serious thing. Co- yeah. Coaching college football is not. Yeah, but with his but with his analogy, you're talking about direct action from the police officer. We're not talking about direct action yeah. from Jim Harbaugh, but that's the that's where the focus is when it comes to the punishment that could potentially be levied by the conference this week. And I would assume in the like the bylaws for the police department, they have that if you're accused of this, this is what happens versus all of the gray area we have in sports about rules and regulations here. Uh, Lee in Ohio on ESPN2. What's up, Lee? Good morning. And morning. thanks for taking my call. But this is really pointed at Chris Canty. He's played football on every level. Are you going to tell me, Chris, that stealing signals haven't been in football from the beginning? Come on. This has much to do about nothing. I never said you that. Know, finding, I, do I, what I, you want to do. I, I, oh, 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 no. you're, you're creating a straw man argument. I never said that. I told you this is not a big deal. I told you that all of these programs are doing this. Maybe not to the extent that Michigan is in terms of having a guy dressed up in another team's gear on their sideline scouting Central Michigan and scouting Michigan State. I don't think everybody's doing that, but everybody's trying to steal signs. Help me, hell, I've played on teams in the National Football League where we had game tape, or not even game tape, we had practice tape of the opponent that we were playing that week running our plays on scout team. We had that. So I'm not simply, I'm not sitting here saying that this is something that everybody should should feel like is 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 the worst thing in all the sports. What I am saying is because they stepped over over the line, it was so egregious in what they did in Connor Stallions. I think that's why everybody is up in arms about it. But this is something that everybody engages in to some degree or to some level stealing signs. It's happened since the beginning of football, and it's something that's going to continue to happen. Yeah, I mean, Lee, actually, Chris has said exactly what you just said, which is that it's not a big deal. <laughs> and that the only time uh, yeah, the only time I feel like you f- have felt it was a big deal was when the legality actually played into it. Like, literally trespassing on a sideline, which, well, yes, it would translate into football ultimately, but that's somebody with a fake pass in a fake uniform getting onto the sideline, Smalls. That's where it becomes a real issue. And CeCe also said, shouldn't that be on uh, 
on the opposing team to make sure that that person doesn't get on the sideline. I did say that too, yeah. You got to know who your people are on the sideline. If you don't know who your people are on the sideline, what the hell are you doing? And you also said that this is such gray area, they need to, you know, have the due process. If anything, you've done, you said the opposite. Yeah, but here's an opportunity for Tony Petiti to say, look, we we know that this is going on. We know that there are teams engaged in this at varying degrees, but this is something that we're going to crack down on. This is something that we're going to emphasize moving forward. And here's the exact discipline. Whether the coach knew it or not, here's what we're talking about in the way of discipline that you can expect if you violate these bylaws. That's how you move forward with this thing. But just sitting here and, and giving some arbitrary suspension to Jim Harbaugh, who may not have been aware of Connor Stallions you know, stepping over the line in, in such a manner like this, I, I just think that's... That's a bridge too far because now it opens the door for Tony Petiti to have to overreact to every single scandal that he might be faced with moving forward. I'd almost rather him come out today, the commissioner of the Big Ten, Tony Petiti, and say, you know what? I can't believe since I got here, advanced scouting is not allowed. We're actually going to go the other way, and we're going to actually penalize Michigan for what Connor Stallions did relative to the dressing up and the trespassing. But we're actually going to have new rules about advanced scouting because it's illogical to not have advanced scouting. So you're going to have one person at these games. We're going to have a specific seat for them. Like, it's every other sport has advanced scouts, and they don't have it in college. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I just don't understand why we, we're, we're in a world now where that's not allowed, where you can't actually Because they don't go, believe it's an equal we, playing field because of money and travel, it's, which is so that, stupid. Well, well you, can't, you can't believe that now. Not not with the television contracts, not with what FBS FBS yeah. schools are making. You can't believe that money is an impediment to having advanced scouting departments for any of these major college football programs. You just can't believe that. I, no, I agree. You but just, I'm saying so, that's what it was. So, I, so, so it might have been that 20 years ago, but I think it's clear and obvious that it's antiquated, and they need to make some kind of adjustment. Now, that being said, rules are rules. I think you need to use this as an opportunity to examine those rules and figure out whether or not you need to change them into what end. But but sitting here and saying that we're going to scapegoat Jim Harbaugh for everything that happened, even if he may not have had knowledge of Connor Stallions and all of his goings on, I just think that's that that's a bridge too far for the Big Ten, and it's a slippery slope that Tony Petiti needs to be careful trying to go down. Ralph in Atlanta, listening on ninety two point nine in Atlanta. What's up, Ralph? Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, thank you to Chris for wearing the South Carolina State jersey, hey, man. My father, brother, and I all graduated. Hey. <laughs> uh, but secondly, uh, I am totally with you guys on uh, on on the fact that it this championship would be tainted. I you know I just don't agree with everything that uh, Harbaugh is doing. It seems like he skirts he skirts uh, he twists the rules. He's kind of like Belichick of of, of the college football. Yeah, I don't know if that's supposed to be an insult or a compliment, but the reality is... Probably like, both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that... Sure, I don't think it should be tainted, but I think it will be tainted. I just want to make sure I'm clear on my stance on this. Like, I think fans will look at it the same way they look at the Pats and the same way they look at the Astros, that there is an asterisk next to some of what they do, maybe not all of what they do. Now, simultaneously, you could also say... I think there's an asterisk, and if my college football program needed a coach, I'd want Jim Harbaugh, right? I think a lot of NFL fans over the last 20 years, if you had a head coaching opening and you could get Belichick, you would take him, knowing what you know about Spygate to Flategate, same kind of thing. But I guess that's my whole point, though, right? Like, how much does this impact how we perceive Jim Harbaugh? Like, does anybody think that Jim Harbaugh is not a good coach because Michigan has this sign-stealing scandal? No. Um, no. They shouldn't, but I, I think people would. 
I think people would look at it and say their best year came at the, the height of their cheating. But, I, I, but we have proof of concept in college football that Jim Harbaugh is a really good coach. We I saw that at Stanford. You. We got proof of concept that Jim Harbaugh is a good NFL coach. We saw that with the San Francisco 49ers. What, what, why would that change now that he's at Michigan? Because and they I, seemingly have the best team in all of college football this year. Because your thinking is you, <laughs> a logical, smart guy, where I think fans would look at it and just say, well, I assume he's been cheating the entire time. He's not a real coach. I, look, you think Jim Harbaugh's the only one out here stealing no, signs? No, that's what I've been saying but, but the whole show. he's the one but that I'm, got caught right now. And, or and not him, but Michigan. His program is the one that got caught. Exactly. Today. Newsflash, everybody. Everyone in college football, everybody in pro football. Hell, most high schools are probably trying to steal signs. I get it. It feels like it's an unfair competitive advantage. But if everybody is doing it, if you don't engage in that to some degree, guess what? You're at a disadvantage. So I just Connor Stallions dressing up in the Central Michigan stuff, that's, that's, that's too much. Like, that's doing too much. But there are there are varying degrees of breaking the rules, and I think Michigan is being punished in this instance because they went so far over the line. But this is a rule that everybody is stepping over. This is a rule that everybody is breaking to some level. Michigan's going to be punished if they are because they're really good and people don't like Harbaugh really at the core of it, right? And, and they went too That's far. That's what it's about. That's I, what I it's about. And look at all the teams that get punished and get caught. It's all the great ones. But I don't think it changes the perception if they win a national championship or if this is the first of many championship runs for Michigan. I just don't see that happening okay. because – we don't feel that way about Pete Carroll at USC. We don't feel that way about Bill Belichick with the Patriots. We still look at Belichick as the greatest coach of all time in the NFL. We still look at but Tom both Brady. Could be true. We still look at Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. I think that people look at them as the greatest, and I don't look at them that way. But people look at them as cheaters. I mean, that's just the reality that people look at them that way, and people look back at Pete Carroll as running away from the problems at USC. We li- there are people out there that literally call Bill Belichick Belichick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, coming up. We have Thursday Night Football tonight between the Bears and the Panthers. What in the world is going on with Justin Fields? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We got Thursday Night Football tonight where uh, you're rooting for a tie, I guess, if you're the Bears, because if you win, you lose. And if you lose, you lose because it's Bears and Panthers, right? Bears get the Panthers pick. Bears want the Panthers to be terrible so they can get a higher pick. Bears also want their pick to be high up, too. Yeah, the the Bears got to beat the Panthers. Bears? They got to beat the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers have one win. The Panthers are in the running for the number one overall pick. Bears Just secure beat, number one any bear, way you can. Bears right. beat the Panthers and give yourself a better chance. Here's the thing. Arizona got Kyler Murray coming back to play this week. They're going to run into some wins down the stretch if you look at their remaining schedule. So, yeah, Bears, take care of your business tonight. A win for you is a win in a couple of different ways, and that's what you want to root for. I, I'm interested in Arizona, side note, because I think the players clearly rally around Josh Dobbs. We've seen that. I don't know the players rally around Kyler Murray, but we'll see this year. Kyler Murray's a better football player than Josh Dobbs. I'm not doubting that. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying in terms of the – we've seen a lot with Kyler Murray over the last couple of sure, years. Sure, so, sure, sure. Let's see and what happens. And Call of Duty is about to come out, too, so it's not like he's <laughs> going to be engrossed into the playbook. You know, it's funny. Okay, you just took me somewhere. i got to bring this up. When Jeff, When Jeff Saturday was sitting – here this week I think it was ESPN NFL analyst former Indianapolis Colts famously was was Peyton Manning center mm-hmm. I think it was right at the time we found out the news about Kyler Murray coming back and I'm looking at Jeff and I'm thinking think about if the quarterback he played with had the same rules of you must have study hall Peyton Manning would try to strangle Bill Polian and Tony Dungy for even alluding to the fact that I need to do more work and Kyler Murray has a study hall clause in his contact, uh, contract anyway we they removed it though they removed it. It's not in there anymore. Doesn't mean he doesn't need it. The fact that they would actually try to put it in <laughs> yeah. is the indictment on the player. Yeah. But I digress. That tells yeah. you what you need. Uh, I digress. Anyway, so Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Bears, met with the media yesterday and preps of the game today and tried to explain tried to explain Justin Fields' status for tonight. He's getting better, though. Accuracy's improving. He's throwing it better. And, you know, he's starting to do more and more and more. So uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And right now we're listening to him as doubtful. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. If he's not medically cleared, well, how come doubtful versus out? Yeah, just to see. we got to give him one more day. Give him one more day. But he's uh, he's working hard. And uh, it's getting better every day. So we'll see where it goes. He's not playing. Yeah, he's not playing. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he's not medically cleared. He's doubtful. we got to give it a, another day. we got to see where it's going. He's not playing. Which one is it exactly? What is happening here? Is that better or worse than Robert Sala pleading the fifth? Maybe, maybe Matt Eberflus should have pleaded the fifth on that one. What happened? I think it's better than pleading the fifth. Is it? At, at least he's trying to give an answer as convoluted as it might be. Maybe he's trying to tell a sports lie, realize he didn't do a great job and he's backtracking a little. Pleading the fifth is basically saying, I can't tell you what I know. You know, it's bad, and I can't tell you. <laughs> and it's not my decision. And it's not my decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's not as bad as the Rob Sala earlier this week, but it's pretty bad, though. Like, listen, you got a Thursday night game, and you're saying you can't make a determination on the player until a day later. Uh, sir, it's Wednesday. <laughs> Is he playing tomorrow or not? We kind of need to know. We know you know, because guess what? The locker room needs to know from a game plan standpoint. The game plan looks slightly different with Tyson Bajan as your starting quarterback versus Justin Fields. So you have an idea of who your starting quarterback is going to be against the Panthers in 24 hours. 
Just shoot it straight, Matt Eberflus. Guess what? You don't have to worry about stepping on any landmines because you ain't going to be here next year anyway. It don't matter. You can be honest with the media. Hell, you might be a member of the media next year. You might as well go ahead and tell us whether or not Justin Fields is playing so we can go about doing our damn jobs. All right, so let's do a little roundup. Just has, saying. Has he taken his last snap for? Okay. okay. We're going to lead this off with Justin Fields. Has Justin Fields taken his last snap for the Chicago Bears? I think yes, he has. They're gonna they're gonna get a one of these hot young quarterbacks, and that's gonna be their quarterback next you, year. You know what? I, I'm gonna say no, only because I think they want to sell to everybody else that Justin Fields is fully healthy, so they can try to maximize the return in the offseason. AKA the Kyler Murray with the yeah. with the Cardinals, right? Yeah, now. All I right. think I think he plays, but it's not gonna be a huge sample size. Has Daniel Jones taken his last snap for the Giants? No. He's going to be the bridge quarterback to whatever the Giants are doing next. I think the Giants use a top 10 pick that they're going to get this year because they're so bad on a quarterback, but I don't think they rush to put that quarterback in there, especially behind that offensive line that's got not only your starter hurt, but your backup quarterback hurt too. So I, I, I think Daniel Jones plays for the Giants next year as a bridge to their next franchise quarterback. Not because of – play but because of contract yeah it's contract like they, <laughs> yeah. they owe him another 40 million dollars like he's yeah. get, he's getting that when they signed the deal this offseason essentially it was a two-year deal I know it says a four-year contract but when you look at the guaranteed portion of the deal it's a two-year contract so they're still gonna owe him 2024 so why not allow him to be the bridge and take all of the slings and arrows behind a bad offensive line early on next year and then give way to whoever you draft at the top of 2024's draft class. The only counter I'd have to that is if we don't think he could be back in time for the beginning of the season next year. But I guess based on the Aaron Rodgers timeline, he should be back by the well, beginning of the season. Well, it's an ACL. It's not an Achilles. It's a different injury. Yeah. yeah. So Okay, yeah. so then we're yeah. going to use him as a bridge quarterback. All right, let's go to Kirk Cousins, Vikings. Has he taken his last snap in Minnesota? I don't think so. I think they're going to bring him back. The more I examine the situation, the more I think that they would kind of be silly to let him go. I mean, look at how the team responds to him. I know Josh Jobs came in and he did a great job uh, on virtually no prep, but they're wearing Kirk Cousins t-shirts. I mean, this team really loves him as their quarterback. He's a great leader. He's a great face of, of their franchise. And he was having a really good season. He ranked third in the NFL in passer rating, second in passing yards. He pulled the team out of a one and four hole. And remember, this was without Justin Jefferson for a stretch. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. And I think Minnesota might bring him back. Yeah, I uh, co-signed retweet on everything Smalls just said, and I think the lesson in all of it is when the team is wearing a picture of the image and likeness of the quarterback, it's either a really good thing for the starter or it's a really bad thing for the starter. <laughs> and ironically, Minnesota is, is tied into both of those. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, the Jets were wearing T-shirts of the backup quarterback Mike White last year on their way to play the Minnesota Vikings because they didn't like Zach Wilson. Just putting that out there. I'm a big believer in taking a quarterback when you want one and not when you need one. I'd absolutely re-sign Kirk Cousins for two years if he'd take a shorter deal coming off the injury, and I'd draft a quarterback in the first round this year. Why would he take a shorter deal? Okay, three years. I mean... (laughs) Well, I don't know that anyone's going to offer him as much anymore because of the injury. So, all right, last one. Ryan Tannehill, has he taken his last snap for the Titans? Yes. Done. So done. if God yes, forbid, period. so done. we're going to even say if, if God forbid Levis gets well hurt, done, they go with Malik Willis and <laughs> like Grandma's time. turkey. It just left it in the oven a little bit too long. Oh. It's over, overcooked, a little oh, bit grandma. dry. It's done. It's over with. 
It's love, over with. Tannehill saying yesterday, it's you know weird it's for him to get used to being a backup. Which they I didn't understand. brine a turkey very well. I understand, but it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it is amazing that Ryan Tannehill is just now becoming a backup. Give him credit for lasting this long as a starting quarterback in the NFL yeah. with really nothing. I'm not to, giving Ryan Tannehill no well, credit. Well, there's nothing to show I for it. Oh, we, He's a top we, ten pick. I'm not giving him credit. No, there's nothing to show for him as a decade-long starter in the NFL. So I'm going to give him credit for somehow lasting this long. It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.